This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am super stoked to be here with you as we enter the holiday season. And as you guys know, one of the people I love chatting sports ball with on this show the most is my good friend Joe Mandel. Joseph, yesterday was your birthday. Happy birthday hey, to you. What's up, Vin? And thank you very much. Yeah, 35 feels the same as 34. Yep. I was gonna but it feels the, good. I was gonna tell the people you were 25. Well, sure. I'm, that's definitely what I am. You're right. Well, you know what though? I like there there are people like in our age group um that like want to lie about their age i'm like we're not even old i got nothing to lie about my friend yeah yeah so you know i'm happy happy for you 35 what a birthday what a month december the great month of december gave us jesus me and you that's an unreal trio i mean i don't think i've ever been brought up in a trio with jesus christ before but i'll take it i mean I hold you in very similar regard. I likewise, Vin. <laughs> That's very funny. So you, you're born five days before Jesus was born. I'm 21 days before Jesus was born. That's yeah. we're in good company. That's we're right. in real good company. Vin, a super random side note before we get anywhere. We have a ton of people watching right now. So everyone watching, thank you. There's a very large amount of people watching the show. Thank right now. you very much. I love to hear that. That's incredible. Um Joe, do you share a birthday with anyone famous? Yeah, uh, I think it's Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, okay, okay. I think that's a good one. That's a good one. I forget there. There's a couple. Trey Cool from Green Day, the drummer. Oh no way! Was nice. born on December 9th, which is pretty dope. Uh, my dad has the ultimate one. My dad is December 13th. He shares a birthday with Taylor Swift, which is freaking sweet. It's the most famous birthday in the country. Not where I, that's not where I thought you were going, Vin. But my, my, my dad's a rocker. Like he played drums. He still plays drums to this day, every single day. But like he appreciates like the musical genius that she, he was like interested to find out that his birthday was the same as Taylor Swift. So, hey. There's really not much more of a famous birthday you can have right now, I would say. I think I would probably agree with you. We missed it by a couple days, but me and you. It is what it is, though. It is what it is. That's right. Um, 
but yeah, we got a lot of baseball to talk about, Joe. Uh, like we got a lot of baseball to talk about with no baseball to talk about, if that makes sense whatsoever. Yeah, a lot to talk about for what has happened in the offseason. There's a lot to talk about what has not happened. And there's a lot more that's going to happen in the near future. Absolutely. I, I, can't, I can't wait for that going to happen because it'll make the shows even more fruitful in terms of topics. But since we last spoke, Shohei Otani has made his decision. He signed a 10-year, $700 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And since then, we learned he's not getting hardly any of it until after his playing career is over. Because I assume the 10-year deal with the Dodgers will play itself out, and that'll probably be the end for Shohei Otani in the MLB, would just be my assumption. But uh, he's getting $68 million every year after his contract is yeah. up. Deferred and, $680 million of his $700 million. $680 million, Isn't that unbelievable? He's making $2 million a season from Major League Baseball. And or from the Los Angeles Dodgers, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be similar after Shohei Otani's done. We're going to be in like our 40s. And on July 1st, instead of celebrating Bobby Bonilla Day, we're going to be celebrating Shohei Otani Day. And, you know, we're all going to be super pumped thinking about the days of Shohei Otani being a top five pitcher and a top five hitter. I hope that's how we look back. I hope his Dodgers career is as successful as his Angels career. I really do. I hope so too, man. It'd be good for baseball. Yeah, making $700 million and kind of sucking would really be a bad look. But, Make no mistake about it, though. I've heard through the grapevine that Shohei Otani, he makes significant money through um, other avenues. Yeah, endorsements in the United States, Japan, Canada, all of them. Every country is paying Shohei Otani to do their Subway commercials and their this commercial and that commercial, and he's the face of this product and the face of that product. He certainly is. $2 million that he's getting from the Dodgers is a small amount, but he is no... He, he's making a lot more than $2 million per season, and it hits the luxury tax threshold of the Dodgers in the 40s, which mm-hmm. is a lot. it's a lot, but it's better than in the 60s, which is what it would be if that money wasn't deferred. So the Dodgers found a loophole in the collective bargaining agreement. It exists for everybody to use if they have the means and so choose to do so. The Dodgers chose to do it. They get his services for 10 years. Yeah, that's, that's a hell of a... Hell of a loophole, man. It's and then they go ahead and they go out and the Dodgers, because of that deferral, they're able to trade for Tyler Glass now. Oh yeah. I mean, and Glass now he'll be there for a lot of Shohei Otani's contract. I assume that right now he's pegged to I don't know if he's pegged to be the opening day starter. I know their pitching's kind of thinned out over the years. It's not the dominant rotation. That's probably I'm sure their, he'll be the starter, probably. Yeah, it's probably their biggest Achilles heel right now for the Dodgers is their starting rotation. But I'm very confident that it's going to work itself out. And by 2025, you'll have Glass now and Otani in the same rotation. And I I remember the first time we had Pitching Ninja on this show. It was 2021. Mm -hmm. Otani and Glass now probably took up 20 minutes of the 40-minute interview. And now they're in the same rotation with the Dodgers. It's just wild to think about. Yeah, he's he's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he's, unhealthy. Yeah, he's very very good. Are you are you confident? Like, is this a good move in your brain? 
I think it's a great move. It's a frustrating move for me as a fan of baseball because, like, it kind of seems a little unfair. Like, there's no salary cap. They defer all this money with Otani. Like, is this going to lead to a salary cap in Major League Baseball? I think it is, Vin. I think it is. I think you're going to see that on the next CBA, which I don't know when that is. I'm I'm sure it's out there date-wise. It's got to be at least probably five to ten years probably. Yeah. We can look it up, but. It's a little frustrating, but it's also exciting because the Dodgers are going to be in the postseason probably every year for the next three to five years. Yeah, 100%. The current collective bargaining agreement in Major League Baseball expires at 11.59 on December 1st, 2026. So it's not even that far away. So not even that long. So it's three years. That's bad news. That's horrible news to me. I wish it was 10 because, well, I do and I don't. Because I'd like to see there be change. Um, that there will be a lockout in 2026. Because the salary I, cap would be part of the CBA. I would. I mean, I guess I don't know that for sure. Are you hoping for that though? Do you like the way it is in hockey and football, where every team has a chance to win every single year? Yeah, I do. I think I. I'm probably in the minority. A lot of people think baseball they should be able to do whatever they want, whatever. I think there should be some sort of cap. I don't know what that number is. I don't know how you establish that number. But then, you know, it puts everyone on a more even playing field. Baseball's going to die if they don't. I think Yeah, so. I think so. I think it's you're already, right. It's already in trouble, I think, because you got, like, high-profile people saying it, too. Like, you know, friend of the friend of the barroom, John Bucigras, he went on um, Spit and Chicklets podcast earlier this yeah. week. And he did a great job talking hockey on that podcast. But they kind of got into the Otani contract a little bit. And Bucci was, like, pissed. He's like, because, you know, Bucci to me in every sport, it seems like, except except hockey, in every sport he seems to have, like, he's a half a fan of the Pittsburgh team and half a mm-hmm. fan of the Boston team. Um, he's like, if you're a Pirates fan right now, like, why would you even buy a ticket or a T-shirt? You know, and I, I feel the same way as a White Sox fan. If you have an owner... And, or if you're in a, a city where, you know, the revenue isn't there quite the same and you, you have no chance, you have absolutely no chance in this league. There are like six teams that can put out the money to like be a competitive and have a chance at the World Series. You saw, you know, a couple, there have been a couple miracle runs, of course, over the last handful of years, some cheap teams, but like are the Baltimore Orioles going to be able to supplement the roster that they've put together we've seen them kind of be like the white Sox. they have all these prospects they're in on all these big free agent names and then they don't get any of them and you know i'm sitting here wondering where in the nhl you got team the final four last year were the three of the final four last year were the most southernmost teams in the league you know non-traditional hockey markets you know the league isn't catered to toronto winning the stanley cup or montreal those teams are in heavy droughts Canada hasn't won a Stanley Cup since 93 out of the seven teams. Yeah. Um, the New York Rangers, they haven't won since 94. That's one of the primetime markets in the league. You know, I the NFL, I'm, there's at least two teams that go from worst to first every single year. Um, you know, never, I don't know if fail. the and NFC chat room, East. Ch- chat room, let us know. There's a lot of people in watching. Let us know in the comments. What do you think? Should there be a salary cap in baseball? Let us know. Yeah, I think there should be. I'm I'm I leaning agree, that man. way. I'm leaning that way because it's not fun. Like, yeah, listen, baseball's fun. I'm gonna watch the shit out of the Dodgers. 
Okay, I'm going to watch them every night almost. If they're on and I know Shohei's going to be on my screen once every eight, nine hitters, I'm going to be tuning in when he gets back to pitching. His Shohei's starting. I'm watching that Dodgers game. Uh, you know, I'll watch, yeah. you know, these big pro, but like the White Sox don't have a chance to win the World Series. No, and, and, and Vin, the White Sox host the Dodgers on weeknight games this summer. You know, I'm thinking about going to see it just so I can see Otani. Yeah, you're shit. Gonna go root for Otani. <laughs> I mean, Joe, we had this conversation when the World Baseball Classic was going on. Yeah, we and did. when when Mike Trout was facing Shohei Otani for the last out of the game, you people at like, what were you rooting for in that moment? The American in me was like, oh, I hope Trout hits it to Pluto because you know Team USA winning the World Baseball Classic would be awesome, and we get to be nice and patriotic. But deep down inside, I kind of was rooting for um, the Shohei Otani to strike him out on a nice three-pitch mix and make him look stupid. Uh, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. The hat lights up. I know. Look at that. He's festive. Very cool. Very cool. But, yeah, I hope there's a salary cap one day. One day. We need it. It's time. We need a, We need world. We need more fans. Baseball's dying. You know, hockey, basketball, football. Basketball doesn't have a, a hard salary cap, but it has max contracts and a soft salary cap. So I think teams do have a chance to build something. But at the same time, like the Portland Trailblazers, they were forced to trade um, Damian Lillard. He goes to the Bucks, a team that can afford to spend. And, you know, they have now they have the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Crazy. And Damian Lillard, like they're a top team in the league. The Celtics are always good. Um, but then you got a team like the Bulls who, you know, they gave Zach Levine a lot of money. He stinks. And he now must. they're kind of locked into that. I don't know. I like the way contracts are structured in football and uh, hockey. And that's why in those two sports, any team can win in any given year. Like, look at the Chiefs. They're starting to slowly, but they couldn't afford to pay any receivers. They had to get rid of Tyreek Hill. Now they won the Super Bowl last year. And if they if they had a miracle run this year because Patrick Mahomes is just smarter than everybody else, and it's probably the best, fastest, youngest defense that Mahomes has had in his career, I wouldn't be all that surprised. But like they're, they're not just not anywhere. as dominant as they once were. The offense can't do anything compared to the past. It's it's the Matt Nagy effect. Yeah. Well, that is the that that's true too. But <laughs> but you and know, the salary and, and the cap. And we're looking at like a team like the Jaguars. They're a really good team. They've built it the they right are. way. But all of a sudden, the Colts, the Texans, these teams are looking pretty good in the division. And they're right there making it, you know, right on their tail in the division. And, you know, they'll probably all make the playoffs or two of the three will make the playoffs, depending on how the last three games of the season go. But in baseball, it's like, I don't know. Last year, the dot, yes, last year, the Yankees and Red Sox both missed the postseason. And that was like craziness. Absolute mm -hmm. craziness, but they're in a division with all big market teams anyway, and the O's are in the early stages of coming out of a rebuild. So, you know, they have good players that help them win. But once those guys start to need to get paid, they just go to teams that can afford to pay them. Yeah. Um, I if there's a salary cap, there's no bad market because right. not, you know someone will offer you more money than somebody else, and regardless of what city it is or what the name brand is, I don't know. Yeah, no, I hear you there. I, eventually, that will that'll help the league, but there'll be some pushback. There always is. 
There will be. There absolutely will be. Now, there's another Japanese sensation looking for a new team. I hear it from a good source, that a very trustable source, that um, we are going to get a Yamamoto resolution soon, possibly either tonight or tomorrow. Mm. Um, do you know how to pronounce his first name? Is it Yoshinobu? I I don't want to butcher it, Vin. I don't have a slightest clue. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to. You know, I'm in no, no way. I want to. I want to say it properly. I do know it's Yamamoto. There's actually a Yamamoto in the NHL, and he's this scrawny little white kid. It's pretty funny that nice. you know he's he's got this last name. Like it's a very interesting name. I just want to say it right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even like. I don't like saying anybody's name wrong. Um, and so he's he's a really good pitcher, though. I mean, just absolutely pure domination. And he was great in the World Baseball Classic. We got mm-hmm. to see him pitch a couple times um, there. Um, I don't know what the team is going to be. I don't know if you have an opinion on it. I have no insight on what team it's going to be. My only insight is I believe we will know either later tonight or tomorrow during the day. Yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of names been flowing around. Vin, I <clears throat> I don't have the slightest clue where he's going to land. I just feel like in my bones it'll be in the Yankees for some reason, uh, just because they – Got the big name. They just made the big trade for Juan Soto. They need starting pitching. It just screams like a Yankees move for me. But I know the Dodgers also want him too, which is insane. I mean, a lot of teams want his services. Toronto wants him, but <clears throat> I think he ends up in New York personally. Which, which New York, sorry? The Yankees. The Yankees. I think he ends up in New York too. I'm just not comfortable I mean, I'm comfortable saying whatever, anything, but I, it could be the Yankees or the Mets. I do think I'm leaning Yankees too, though. I, I'm rooting for Yankees, to be honest with you. Put yeah, Yamamoto on the Yankees with them. Yeah, yeah. I like. I kind of wanna. I kind of wanna adopt. Like, I want to watch the Yankees and the Red Sox a lot this year, and just hope that one of them is sick. Because, you know, same thing with the Dodgers. Like, we're gonna watch the White Sox. Of course we are. But like, mm-hmm. they're gonna suck. There's no Jason Benetti. It's just gonna probably be a mostly miserable year. Yeah. Um, watching teams like the Yankees, if their rotation is Garrett Cole, um, Yamamoto, um, drawing a blank. Uh, oh, um, Nestor Cortez. You got Carlos Rodon. Um, if Rodon can like all of a sudden get back to the way we know Prominence, he can be yeah. when he's healthy, and people, he hasn't been good since the White Sox. Actually, he was really good with the Giants the following year too. Yes, he was. Um, he kind of fell was, back he was down. He banged up with the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If he's healthy, he's a really good pitcher, and I hope that the three, the four of them, could form a real good rotation there. If Yamamoto does ultimately choose the Yankees, of course, but with Aaron Judge in the lineup. And Juan Soto, and you have Glaber Torres. Um, Giancarlo Stanton is no slouch, you know, mm-hmm. especially especially if he comes in next year healthy and motivated. And hey, I want to be a part of the big bad Bronx Bombers, right? He's yeah. gonna be motivated too. So we'll see what happens with Yamamoto. Um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on the whole situation. No, I just I want to see him pitch. <clears throat> I want to see him yeah. pitch in the major leagues. You know, I I know he's gonna be great. He, he was great in Japan. I just I want to see him striking out guys in the major league level, and I know he will. But I'm looking forward to seeing that. 100. I watched that game where Japan played Austria, and I watched it specifically because Yamamoto was pitching. And you know, at the time, I was like, you know, the White Sox probably won't get him, but maybe. And now I know, like obviously not. not. Yeah. But like, even even if he were to come to the Cubs, like that would be interesting to have That'd him be great in, for them, yeah. in some way, shape, or form. But I. 
I am not thinking that that's going to happen. I kind of, I kind of have Giants, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, Red Sox. I, I would think it's one of those five. Yeah, um, there are people in Boston that think there's a chance he goes to the Red Sox. I don't know if you agree or think there's a zero percent chance. That'd be awesome. I don't see him going to Boston personally. Yeah, I don't either. The thing is, Lachi signs with Boston during the show. Well, all the all the teams we're naming have good Japanese pipeline. The the Red Sox have been known. Um, you know, so have the Mets. They got Kodai Senga last year. Obviously, we mm-hmm. know about the Yankees with you know tons of other players. The Cubs. I, I I'm shocked the Cubs aren't as in on them as I thought they'd be because of the fact that their Japanese pipeline is they they're probably top three in terms of you know bringing in Japanese players from the Japan League and them succeeding yeah. with their club like Seiya Suzuki, uh, Fukudome. Fukudome. Um, there's a couple other ones. I remember when Hideki Matsui chose the Yankees, that was a big deal. Um, when you Darvish, you Darvish, he loved the Cubs organization for the same reason, but the Texas Rangers, they have a good pipeline to Japan. I'm shocked they're not in this mix at all as the defending world series champions, but they pay a lot of money to a lot of other people. So they're probably, yeah. not, you know, in those types of mixes, but I'm excited to see where he lands. Yeah, me too, Ben. It's uh, going to be an eventful couple weeks i don't think if yamamoto if we don't hear about it today or tomorrow i don't think we'll hear probably until the new year with all the holidays and stuff but absolutely absolutely um a couple episodes ago you and i talked about the cubs potentially having like a game breaking off season where they could go from like a bubble wild card team yeah you know that that just kind of just missed on the last weekend of the season to a legitimate Mm -hmm. world series threat are you all of a sudden flipping on that and worried that it could be one of the most disappointing off seasons in the history of the franchise? Uh, it certainly team seems to be trending that way, Vin. Because if the number one thing your team has done the off season is get an eight million dollar manager, and you don't have any improvements, uh, you're in trouble. I was watching the Mike North press conference a little bit earlier today, and he was saying that the Cubs are in trouble if they don't re-sign Bellinger. Um, and- well, Mike Mike North just loves Bellinger. I know he does. And he loves talking about Bellinger while walking his dog. Yeah. I mean, I think the Cubs should try to sign Bellinger. I mean, he's a guy that you got to put your faith in. But they haven't done – not only have they not re-signed Bellinger, they haven't haven't done anything. (laughs) So they had a lot of work to do, Vin, this offseason. I mean, guys like Blake Snell have been talking to other teams. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're going to get Yamamoto. I mean, that would be awesome if they last-minute sweep swept in and got him. But – they haven't done anything for their offense. That I'm I'm worried for the Cubs because I think they're the best team in Chicago now by far because the Sox are just a dumpster fire. So I was kind of excited watching the Cubs towards the end of last year. I don't have any excitement about the team right now. They have to do something to change that. Um, if you bring in a great manager with no no improvements to the team, it doesn't really do a whole lot. So the clock's a ticking, Cubs. Go, go do something. I got him taking out the long stick and I'm poking you. Not only did they not improve at all yet this offseason, they've gotten worse. Um, if you take Stroman and Bellinger out of the mix and you're replacing them with Peter Crow Armstrong, who he, he really didn't have that good of a debut. He was not good since he yeah. came up, but I, now, mean, do, I know do I think he's going to be good. Yeah. yeah, I think he's going to be good for sure. I do, but I'm not sure that it's next year. You know, do you want Matt Mervis playing first base? They probably don't. Um, no, no, they don't. Do they, do they want Justin Steele and then a bunch of maybes? 
after we'll him. trade for Pete Alonso and then the team, then people will be excited. Yes. If they traded for Pete Alonso and signed Bellinger and then maybe kind of, you know, went, what if they went like the Lucas Giolito route on the uh, pitching side That's, of things? Dude, I've been saying that on, on this show for like two months now that Giolito is a perfect fit for the Cubs. Yeah. Just like a solid pitcher, not necessarily going to have to overpay him. You and could he get could overperform. He could be another yes. Bellinger. Yes, over overperformance from Lucas Giolito is very, very possible. If he gets like a, a three-year, $20 million contract, you know, and all of a sudden he's got a low three ERA and he makes 28 starts and he goes 15 and seven, like I, like, I just see it happening. And, it, and what, no matter what team he signs with. And Vin, the discussion coming out too, we didn't mention this, is that the Cubs are apparently pursuing Shane Bieber um, I guess that's out there. Now that would have to be a trade, right? Because he's locked up, isn't he? Isn't he? Yeah, I, I think that would be a terrible move for the Cubs. Because, although I think Shane Bieber's still a decent pitcher, I'd be looking for more upside than that if I were them. Like you I mean, spent all what you got to give up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. If if it's pennies on the dollar, then yeah, go for it. But if I'm the Cubs, I'm like, we were damn good last year, kind of by accident. You know, yeah. four or six through nine in our lineup was mediocre to trash most games. Um, we have this morale kid who's awesome. Yeah. Um, you can have him bet sixth or seventh, play some outfield, play some infield. You paid all that money to Dansby, and you paid all that money to Suzuki. You have Horner, you have Hap. I mean, this this team could be very, very good. They just yeah. gotta supplement it this offseason. They could be a disaster class if they're not good. I mean, Bieber by... could be a great four or five pitcher though, and then yeah. you go out and maybe you get a guy like. I mean, I doubt they're gonna get Yamamoto, but if they get him, they throw him in the mix, and all of a sudden you're sitting pretty. You go get a guy like Blake Snell, you know, then you're you're sitting pretty. So like the Cubs can easily make us look like fools and have a great offseason here with the flip of a hat. So. Uh, yes. It all starts with uh, actually doing something. So hopefully sooner than later, Vin. And I, I always thought like a team would be really, really smart to like go try and get Blake Snell right now while Yamamoto is still out there. They should. And you can kind of like fly under the radar because as soon as Yamamoto signs, I Blake think Snell's price goes up. It goes up, but it also like he's the teams that missed on Yamamoto are going to turn their heads to him. And, like, you could be the team that locks him up now. You could kind of overpay him just a little bit to make sure mm -hmm. you get him now before the Yamamoto uh, needle drops. I'm like, I don't get why the Cubs wouldn't do that. Also, the same thing applies, and we're going to talk about this, with the White Sox trading Dylan Cease. You know, we all mm -hmm. know that they're going to trade him and probably wait till after Yamamoto's done because teams that miss out on Yamamoto, they're going to be like, oh, we could get Dylan Cease, a cost-controlled pitcher with a high upside for the next handful of years. Yeah, we could probably figure out a way to get a trade done with the White Sox. Why can't the Cubs be that team? They've already had yeah. Dylan Cease in their pipeline before. The White Sox did a tremendous job developing Dylan Cease, and mm -hmm. they basically could have did all the dirty work for the Cubs and hand him right back as a fully developed player. Do you think Blake Snell's holding off until Yamamoto signs? Probably. It's possible. It's possible. They definitely think Getz is holding off on trading Cease for Yamamoto, so it wouldn't shock me if the other free agent pitchers are kind of like, hey, let's see what this guy gets. Let's see where he goes. Um, you know, What if the team that signs him is still looking to sign me and I could join this great True. rotation all of a sudden? 
Um, or if he knows that he wants to be an ace somewhere where he'll be seen as the guy on the team so he can maybe win another Cy Young. I mean, he's already got two. Right. He could go get a third. He, I mean, Blake Snell all of a sudden is like a borderline Hall of Famer. You yeah. know, it's crazy to think about his career trajectory. That's nuts. And yeah. And so, like, he's going to want to make a smart decision here. If I were him, I would want term and I would want a good payment because, again, pitchers have a finite number of pitches in their arms. And it's about figuring out which one of them or how long it is going to be for them to be active in this game and performing at a high level. We see guys like Scherzer um, and Verlander pitch well into their late 30s. And now we're kind of starting to see, you know, maybe some injuries. I don't know if decline is necessarily the right word because they're good when they're out there. But, I mean, we'll see how their season goes this year. Same thing with Kershaw. You know, mm-hmm. elite when he's healthy, but he's getting up there in age. And if he's out there, he's been great. But how long is he going to be out there? Is it going to be stale by the playoffs? There's all sorts of questions with stuff like that. So if you're a guy like Snell and you haven't reached that yet, you want to make sure you get the bag with term. That's probably what he is waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Well, the White Sox, their offseason's trash. There's really not much to dissect there unless they were to yeah. do something. Is there anything about them you want to bring up or talk about besides the whole Dylan Cease thing? I mean, no, there's nothing remotely exciting about this White Sox team right now or their offseason. Eric Fetty or Feta, whatever the way to say Feedy. it is, Feedy, if that's the biggest signing you're going to have in the offseason, you're in trouble. So I sure hope Chris Getz is doing something, but Cease is a gone. We know that. I just don't know what we're going to get in return. I, I I got nothing to say about the White Sox fan, if I'm being completely honest. I, I want Chris Katz to do something, but I also want there to be something exciting. So hopefully something exciting happens, but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting situation. Nothing will change until um, Reinsdorf is um, – until he's no longer the owner of the team, no matter how that may be. Um, I'm sure – I don't think he's ever going to sell. I'm not one of those people who, like, pray for the perishing of a, a human being because they're frustrated with their baseball team. That is not at all what I hope right. for. I don't believe that that's the way to be. But, you know, people are ruthless online, so they're going to be how they are. Um, but I'm over here like, it'd be nice if he sold the team. You know, I, I hope he sells the team and lives for 50 more years. That'd be great. Um, but just yeah. don't – I don't need him <laughs> being in charge of what goes on with my favorite baseball team. I just don't. And the, we're lucky enough to cheer for a team in a big market, and they don't operate like it. But they get the penalties of a big market team. Like, they can't be a top 10 draft lottery team next year because they're a big yeah. market team in the eyes of the league. But they don't act like a big market team, so that actually is like a significant punishment. It's not fair, and that's why I think baseball's dying because there are going to be teams that you know that that's how it goes for them. And you know, luckily for guys like us, we'll be able to do South Burbs Hitman because we love the White Sox no matter what, and we'll be able to do Crosstown Crosstalk because we just love baseball in general. But for the average person that's just looking for some summer baseball to watch until football comes back, those people are going to be gone. No shot. The game needs to be revamped, and I think think you're going to start to see a talk about a shorter season too, Vin. So I think that's going to happen sooner than later. 
I don't know if that'll be the next CBA, but I could see that conversation coming up again. Yeah, I, I don't know if that would be a CBA thing, but there is uh they announced some rule changes today. I don't know if you saw. I don't I don't I got not, the, I did not I see that yet. I don't have the exact details, but there was something along the lines of like the lane of a base runner and how long it is. And there's also they're gonna shorten the pitch clock again. Which seems crazy to me, but you know, because I did like I do like the pitch clock. Yeah, here's here's an I found an article. Yeah, just came out right before the show came out came on. Uh, the MLB Rules Committee approved several rule changes, including subtracting two seconds from the pitch timer with men on base from 20 to 18 seconds, while also widening the runner's lane to first base. Previously, batters had to essentially run on the dirt between the foul line, the three foot line, or be in risk of being called out for interference. Now that lane will extend to the cut of the infield grass. The distance between the foul line and infield grass will be between 18 and 24 inches in all parks with some limited grace periods granted by MLB due to difficulty in modifying the field. That's crazy. Well, I do appreciate that the league is always looking for ways to improve the product on the field. That's yep. a league thing, though. That's not a team thing. And and this is all pace of game stuff too. Like they they're changing the amount of mound visits from five to four, which is great because that'll help a lot. Because some of these games there's just too many mound visits. The pitch timer resets after a dead ball as soon as the pitcher is given a new one and play is set to resume. I mean that's all good stuff. And it is, it really is. And I hope teams they find ways to adjust. I loved the pitch clock last year. I'm all for it. Um, games went by quickly. It was easy to watch them, cover them, enjoy them. It, it kind of stinks at the game a little bit. Not stinks, yeah. but it's noticeable at the game. But when you're at home watching it, definitely, because for me, it's not like, oh, I got to get my baseball watching in quicker. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'm allowed to watch. I'm technically able to watch more baseball thanks yeah. to the pitch clock, not less. And, Vin, here's one interesting new rule change I want to get your thoughts on. Barring an injury, a pitcher who begins to warm up at the start of an inning will now be required to face at least one batter. Previously, they could be replaced during or after warm-ups. That's interesting because there's 24 instances last year where a pitcher that warmed up between innings was replaced before throwing a pitch. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. He must throw to at least one batter and less of an injury? Yep. That it happened 24 times last year where a guy warmed up on the mound didn't face a single batter. That the pitcher warmed up between innings, he was replaced before throwing a pitch. So I'm assuming that means the pitcher who begins to warm up at the start of an inning will now be required to face a batter. It's a strange, it's strange wording. So when, I'm assuming when didn't they though? Happened 24 times, apparently. I'm just confused. Like the like, if you they didn't get hurt, where is the team just trying to like stall? Again, I, there's not a lot of context to what's yeah, here, but that's. I mean, it seems like that would be a given, but I guess I would need more context there. Yeah, I'm shocked that there were 24 instances last year where a guy warmed up on the mound and didn't face a batter. That's crazy. Well, I I don't hate that rule at all. If you're not injured face one batter yeah but then again stuff. I, I thought it was the three batter minimum anyway so like 
what's the three batter minimum rule? Unless they're talking about a guy warming up in the dugout between or in the in the bullpen between innings, but that would seem strange because multiple guys can warm up at once. Yeah, there are instances where you warm up a righty and a lefty depending on who comes up to bat for the opposite team. Yeah, I'm assuming it's guys that took the mound, but that seems really strange. Yeah, because you have the three batter minimum rule anyway. If you come into a game, now I would understand the rule if it were not in the in between innings. You said this is I in wonder, between innings. Let me pull it back up again. Uh, let's see. Barring an injury, a pitcher who begins to warm up at the start of an inning will now be required to face at least one batter. They previously they could be replaced during or after warmups. So I'm assuming Vin. I think this is the context. I wonder if they put a, a, a pitcher on the mound, he warms up, then they do a pinch hit. So I think regardless if the pinch hitter comes in or not, you have to start the guy that warms up. That's kind of how I'm taking it. I understand. And then after you throw that first pitch, that's when the three batter minimum kicks in. I think so. They have to, yeah. they have to face at least – what's the rule? Again, I just barred over it. He has to face at least one batter. So does that mean one pitch or does that mean one at bat? That's, that's, that's interesting. We'll find out more, I guess. Yeah, I I just don't – we're going to have to do some research on that because I don't understand how you have that and a three batter minimum. Like what, what makes it where you can do it after one batter? No, because the three batter minimum only applies to a guy starting an inning. Like, if you finish an inning, like, if you pull Cease and put in Crochet and there's two outs and mm-hmm. Crochet gets the one out, you can put out a new pitcher to start the next inning. Right. But I, I thought if you start an inning, you have to have a three-batter minimum. I am very, very, very confused. But, hey, we'll figure it out eventually. Foster yeah, says think- one at bat, you would think. Yeah, I think it's one at bat. Again, as always with these rule changes, there'll be multiple discussions and multiple articles. This stuff just came out about two hours ago, so it's all super fresh, and there'll be more to come. But uh, all weird stuff for thought, Vin. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, before we go, Joe, we have to talk a little Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas, man. Me too. Best time of year. Absolutely. Can you recall your favorite Christmas gift you ever received? If you can't put it just on one, if you can't put it just on one, I get it. I'm just going to go to memory. I remember as a kid, the thing I wanted, man, this was, I don't know what year it was, probably 1997, 98. I wanted an N64 so bad. And I remember like Christmas morning, I ran down and I opened up my N64 and I was like, oh, my God, I got it. And I opened the box. And the box was empty. And I thought, man, I'm like, Santa, you sly son of a gun. You just got me an empty N64 box. But it was actually set up on the TV in the basement. <laughs> so I went down. I was playing Mario 64. And I just remember it like it was yesterday. I was probably like 10 years old, 9 years old. What a story. What a story. Yeah, what about you? I think mine, it's close. There's two that stick out from when I was a kid. Um, One of them, I really wanted Rock Band. Nice. I really wanted it, but I didn't know I I wanted it till like December 18th. Like, it was late in December. You didn't didn't give your parents much time. Uh, Yeah, Santa Claus. 
Oh, right. Santa Claus. And I was like, yeah, I'm too late. There's no way. There's no way. You know, because, and if you remember, Rock Band, you know, thinking about like when my, but like thinking about like my parents having to like be Santa Claus and go do that, I was like, thinking about it now, I'm like, how did they do that? Because Rock Band, it was kind of like we, you had to like, or PS5, you had to like time it out to get it because it came in like a huge box. It had drums and came with the drums. Two guitars, one for bass, one for guitar. Yeah, and then it came with uh, a microphone. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the game—it's like it was just a big box. I remember, and I'm like, I still to this day really don't know how they pulled that off. And they didn't put it under the tree. I opened all my gifts, thought it was over, and then I went downstairs and it was sitting on the couch unwrapped. And so that's a big one. And then there was one year I really wanted a guitar, and a real guitar, a real guitar. And because I was obsessed with Drake and Josh, and I thought I was, cool. <laughs> I thought I was cool like Drake. I think nice. I was, I was cool like Drake. Now I probably live my life more like Josh. No, I'm totally joking. But I, you know, I was cool. I'm like, I want a guitar. Well, Drake, cool. he won a Fender Stratocaster in the co- the contest. They called. And they had to name the eighth planet from the sun. So they started singing. I saw Mercury, then Venus. I saw the Earth, then Mars. And then when they get to Neptune, they're like, Neptune, Neptune, it's Neptune. And then he gets a beautiful red, cherry red Stratocaster. Nice. And I wanted one real bad, real bad. And similar thing. It wasn't under the tree. I was like, oh, no guitar for me. And my dad, he's like, Ben, come here. He yelled at me like I was in trouble. And he looks at me and he's got his angry face on. My dad, A plus angry face. He goes, What's that? I'm like, What's what? Oh. And it was a blue Fender Squire, which is, it's basically a strat. It's just like a different. Sure. Um, it's, yeah. I, it's basically like, I think it's like a model lower, but like it's, it looks like a Fender Stratocaster. I think I'm saying Stratocaster, right? I think that's what it was yep, called. You are saying it correctly. And mm-hmm. it, it was just the greatest day ever. I learned to play it a little bit. I didn't stick with it as much as I probably should have. I knew how to play a couple things here and there. YouTube was just starting up. I knew how to play a couple lines on a couple Green Day songs, like the old school Dookie songs and Nimrod. Nice. Um, even maybe some of the American Idiot tracks were probably pretty advanced. Uh, those were a little bit, you know, more. I don't know the word I'm looking for. A little more sophisticated uh, uh-huh. notes yeah. and stuff like that compared to the songs on Dookie and Nimrod. But I learned a couple things. And now the guitar is at my parents' house. My dad's got it hanging up next to a bass guitar. And he pulls them off and plays them both a lot. He probably plays it more than I do these days. But, damn, that was so exciting. It was nice, so dude. exciting. Love they had it. a tuner, extra strings. It was awesome. I'm going to learn. I'm going to really learn one day. There you go, man. Love it. Yep. Love Christmas. And, and Vin, what uh, what is your favorite Christmas movie of all time? My favorite Christmas movie. So I have a ton. I love Christmas movies. I could watch one a day. I'll watch. I've watched Elf in June before. And I've watched The Santa Claus in July before. And that is my number one. It's definitely mm-hmm. The Santa Claus. I don't know why. It's, you know, sometimes Christmas movies are like your favorite band. Some of them just speak to you more than others. You'll like others. They're good. But some of them just call your name. And like Tim Allen, he's the voice of Buzz Lightyear. He, you know, the movie came out the year I was born. Um, the, the elves, 
the hot chocolate, literally just everything about the movie, the way the reindeer are. I think it's the best movie to have your kids watch. If you're having them like, you know, believe in Santa Claus for the first time. Like, yeah, it, you know, it explains everything perfectly and makes it believable. And, you know, I, I do believe in Santa Claus to like, not the real degree, but like, in a sense, I do believe in like the spirit of Christmas. Santa Claus is the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. Sure. And like there's Santa Claus is alive in each and every one of us. <laughs> I do actually believe that. And you know, that movie, it just, it's, it's freaking sweet. You know, it teaches you to never give up, always be a good person. Keep your cool when everything's going against you. Um, the good people will be there for you at the end of the day. So that's what I like about that movie, the Santa Claus. And dude, love man, that. That's Tim Allen did movie. a good job. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nothing will beat the original. I mean, the original is so good. Oh yeah. But, uh, but for Vin, there's for me, there's there's no better Christmas movie ever, or, or better movie in general. My favorite movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart. Just get all of the feels. It teaches you about life. It teaches you about enjoying every moment, enjoying the life that you have and all the blessings. And uh, for me, man, I could watch this movie over and over and over. Uh, it is my favorite movie of all time. I And I think every person alive needs to see it. It captures a different time. Uh, it's got some such memorable scenes. Clarence, you know, the angel, the pool scene. And I mean, let me just look at it. I mean, I, and, and by the way, this is one of those movies that they also released in color. I have Don't it, watch in, it in color. Watch it in black and white. It's the only way to watch it. And Jimmy Stewart is by far one of the best actors of all time. I was then, scared. I was scared to say when I was younger that I wish I'd never been born. Because I thought it would put me in like some vortex, and I would have to because watch of this movie. Watch my family and friends live life without me. Yeah, man, it uh, it's it's a really powerful movie. Uh, it teaches you the, about family. It teaches you about everything. It's the greatest movie, definitely the greatest Christmas movie. And for me, it's the greatest movie of all time. Foster says I'm screwy. He's I'm with you. He said next is a Christmas story. I yeah, love a Christmas story. Is a good one too. Absolutely. I oh dude, I love It's a Wonderful Life. I totally get the like. It's one of those things too. Like neither of us were born when it came out, and no, we were not even close. Yeah, not even close. And like it's just one of those. It stood the test of time. Um, I really hope this current generation doesn't kill it. Because yeah, I, I know today's generation, these kids have the attention span of a pine cone. And you kind of need to not be like that to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I, I, I really hope we're not the last that enjoys it, but yeah. I'm gonna force my kids to watch it. They Man, it's funny it. you bring that up because like there's this new trend. I mean, you're you have TikTok and there's yeah. like this Christmas movie bracket thing where you can pick your favorite Christmas movies. I think I've seen probably about five hundred of them, and one person had It's a Wonderful Life as their favorite Christmas movie. I'm just like, you're all wrong. Every person is wrong. Yeah. I put the Santa Claus above it just because of like personal attachment. And well, I watched it when I was totally but, like, like the fact like, that oh, it's some people life. haven't even seen. It's a wonderful life. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a wonderful life is very, very good. Hey, every time you hear a bell, it means an angel got its wings. That's right. Say, say what do you want, Mary? You want the moon? Because <laughs> you say the word, I'll take a lash. I'll pull it down for you. <laughs> you do such a good job. I was going to say, what do you want, the moon? But my voice is a little messed up from, you know, 
being sick over the last week. I'm fine now, but my voice hasn't recovered fully I'm yet. Glad you're feeling better. Vin, I can't yeah, imitate him, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, what do you want? The moon? <laughs> your your screw your screw is a Jimmy Stewart line. We had a hundred question test on it. It's a wonderful life. A hundred questions. You you're screwy. <laughs> Very yeah, I love I love Jimmy Stewart, man. Uh, also, Miss, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington is another fantastic movie. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Is that a it's a non Christmas movie? It's not a Christmas movie, no, but it's really good. In your opinion, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No, it's a thriller that takes place in late December. Yeah, yeah, which it has Christmas themes because of the time it takes place. But it, I, I'm not on the... It's well, let me ask you this then, Vin. Is Batman Returns a Christmas movie? Exactly. No. No, for the same reason that Die Hard is not. Yes. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is more of a Christmas movie than both of them. Yeah, and that's not a Christmas movie. It's not either. a Christmas movie. But the Christmas scene in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is amongst the best Christmas content you can have. For sure. I really do enjoy that scene a lot. And they you see the Great Hall and it's Christmas time. Happy Christmas, Harry. Happy Christmas, Hermione. Happy, Happy Christmas. Christmas, Ron. <laughs> it's so good. And, and special mention to A Christmas Carol as well. It's like, well, boy, what day is it? It's Christmas Day, sir. So I haven't missed it yet. <laughs> That's awesome. A Christmas story, you said? No, no, a Christmas Carol. Oh, a Christmas Carol. Okay, that's what I thought. That's the one. That's the one with the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah, right. Exactly. And the ghost of with Christmas Scrooge, future. Yeah, yeah that Benizer Scrooge did a or read a trivia question. We were practicing for Christmas trivia on our phones, and one of them said, "What are the four ghosts of Christmas?" I was like, four? There's three." And then you Google it. There technically are four. Ebenezer Scrooge's business partner comes back as a ghost at some point in the movie or some crazy thing. Like, I don't Jacob remember. Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley. Yep, that's it. Oh, see, Joe, you'd be good at this Christmas stuff. Holy shnikes. Link you ever watch? Link. You ever watch? I, uh, people hate Christmas with the Cranks, but every time I watch them. Oh, I, I love, love Christmas with the Cranks. It's got like a 20% put... on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, people hate this thing. You got to put Frosty up, man. Dude, get your frosty out. Let's go. Free frosty, free frosty. Yeah, uh, I love it. And at the end, when um, Luther gives his tickets for the plane yes, ride the, to the lady across the, the street with cancer, the, the yeah. dying lady and her husband, who's kind of a dick, they don't get along. But like, they're gonna get along going forward after that. I, I ever since seeing that when I was a little kid, I was like, I want to do something like that for somebody around Christmas time in my life. And I will. That is my goal to pull off something like that. Just blindly hand somebody to take a cruise in January following Christmas. Like oh. I need that. I need to do that in my life. Thanks to Christmas with the cranks. So yep. love that. Am I, elf. Elfs. See, I'm not a huge elf guy. I really? just think I don't dislike it, but I just think. It's one of those movies that just gets it's a good movie. I just don't think it's 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 too highly rated for me. Understood. I love like I grew up with Will Farrell. He was I get pro- it. he I was totally probably the it. funniest actor when I was ten years old. Yeah. And so Elf's a great movie, don't get me wrong. It's just not top Christmas. Home Alone, of course, has to make the list. Yep. The the Jim the Grinch with Jim Carrey has to make the list. Yep. Just watch that real good. What about 
I was going to bring up. I've never seen Fred Claus or Bad Santa, and I really uh, want to watch both. I've heard I've they're never both seen really either. funny. Yeah. yeah, I've heard they're both very funny. Need to watch them. And then Jingle there was all one the way. Other. Jingle all the way. That made me think of the one I was going to bring up. National oh, Lampoon's. Man. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation for me is a top, definitely, a, probably top three. <laughs> yeah, I just it's been a couple Christmases since I'd watched it, and we watched it a couple nights ago. I was laughing my it's ass such off. A funny this movie. shit is so funny. You can watch, watch it in August, and you'll die laughing. Griswold, where are you going to put a tree that big? Bend yeah. over and I'll show you. <laughs> I don't know how you remember all these lines like right off the cuff like that a Christmas lot. Christmas movies are kind of my wife and I's thing. So. Yeah, that is very funny. Where are you going to put a Christmas tree that size? Bend over and I'll show you. That is so funny. <laughs> that is great. Oh, my God. I, we, I, I made the mistake of Googling the movie after we were done watching it and seeing how old the entire cast is. And it oh made yeah, me they're, a little they're sad. ancient now. Yeah, yeah. Like Chevy Chase is eighty, the wife is seventy, the kids are forty-eight and fifty. Um, the the girl he looks out the window at, she just had her seventy-eighth birthday two days ago, or something like that. Like, yeah, I'm like, no, this is crazy sauce. The movie doesn't even feel like it's that old. No, it's 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 a classic. Yeah, that's definitely a classic. Well, gotta love I hope, Christmas movies. Absolutely, so I love them. I always will. That's one thing that's never. I'll probably even rekindle even more love for them as I start to get older, have kids, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure you feel oh, the same for sure. way. You will. Yeah. So I hope everybody in the chat watching online. We had a lot of viewers today. Credit to you guys. Yes, Thank we did. you very much for Thank joining. You chat room and everybody. We had a, yeah, we had a great time. We're gonna get to a point where I'm sure these episodes hopefully are a little longer filled with baseball conversation because there's more going on, but got to wait for the early dominoes to fall every year. Like you might remember that one year, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado took forever to sign. You yeah. had to wait for those two clowns to sign before we could get anywhere. Um, kind of getting similar vibes this year. Otani's already done. We'll see what happens with Yamamoto. It's coming. Don't believe the rumors that he's going to the Rams game tonight with Otani. Don't believe it. Not happening. John Heyman put the squash on that just now. Um. Yeah, don't believe anything you read. It's all wrong until it's right. Oh, basically, only believe Jeff Passan. If Jeff yeah, Passan tweets it, it, you can believe it. And if Robert Murray tweets it, you can you can uh, believe it as well. But he definitely doesn't put stuff that you know seems out of the water by any means. But I hope everybody sure. enjoyed the show, Joe. I hope you enjoyed the show as well. I did, man. I had fun talking all baseball, talking sports, getting ready for Christmas right around the corner. Monday, Christmas Eve, Sunday. Holy smokes. Absolutely. And I hope your daughter gets everything she asked for for Christmas. <laughs> uh, I hope Santa's good to her. I hope Santa's good to everybody's kids this year. Santa's um, been very good. And I, I put everything together already. I don't have to have it all done on Christmas Eve. Oh, I already, very I already good. did it. Yeah. Enjoy that because it might be harder when she's like five. <laughs> That's yeah, what I've heard. Probably. Yeah. Taking care of Christmas presents becomes a nightmare at one point, but you got to enjoy it while you can. Joe, I'm happy for you. Enjoy your Christmas to everybody in the Me chat. Too, Thank you again. I hope every be safe. I know people like to get a little crazy with on their eggnog around the Christmas holiday. Make sure you don't fall for any of that tomfoolery. Be safe out there. We're thinking of you. And we hope from the bottom of our hearts here at the Barroom Network that you have a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And we will see you next week.
on Crosstown Crosstalk. Make sure you listen to Fantasy Football Goon. You're doing it Sunday, I still assume, right? You are took some, stole my thunder there, Vin. I appreciate it. Yeah, we have tons of great content coming up on the Barroom Network. Of course, you got Bears coverage coming up. Uh, I don't know exactly what all those doing that with the holidays and everything, but I'm sure that'll be communicated on social media. But we are doing uh, Fantasy Football Goon for the Fantasy Playoffs starting on Saturday. We're doing it Saturday this time around. Um, let me double check to see what time we're doing it. Uh, I put it on Facebook and now I'm drawing a blank. We're doing it Saturday morning. Let's see. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Keep them doggies scrolling. Raw hide. <laughs> we're doing 10:30 a.m. Central Time on Saturday morning because, of course, we have all these games on Saturdays now. Uh, you got Saturday, Sunday, semi semifinals for most fantasy leagues, Vin. So we're trying to get you that championship game. Tune in, Adam Shaw. John Santucci, the Tooch, myself. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Get your fantasy football lineup set. I'm in a semifinal. One out of four leagues made it to the semifinal. I like to win at least one every year. Hopefully this is the year. And I hope everybody – oh, thank you. Everybody likes my hat. I'm going to be wearing it all weekend. Um, Hope everybody enjoys Foster. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Happy holidays. And as always – for me, you'll see me next week on Wednesday. Joe, you'll see him all weekend talking fantasy football. As always, thank you for listening. Another happy landing.